Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Work podcast. Glad you could join us. Many Disney fans were stunned last week when Disney's board of directors announced that CEO Bob Chapek's contract had been extended. While insiders expected this, many are still puzzled as to why they would keep such an individual when they see prices going up in the parks, quality maybe going down in the movies, and certainly politics whirling everything around in between. Well, I wasn't in the room where it happened at the time, but we can look at a number of factors that occurred when the board of directors met at Walt Disney World last week. We'll look at events during a critical 10-day period and how they supported Bob Chapek's role. We'll consider how Walt Disney World was the stage for making a case in favor of Bob Chapek. We'll look at five very tough questions that Bob probably had to answer about his performance and how they have probably been countered by Bob himself. And finally, we'll look at the number one concern that the board had, and it wasn't around politics, box office performance, or even Genie Plus. So join us in this podcast while we look at the crazy events of June and try to answer why CEO Bob Chapek's contract was extended at the Walt Disney Company. By the way, uh, summary and outline of what we talk about along with uh, some important uh, uh, notes or uh, links are available at DisneyAtWork.com. This is our sister uh, site to DisneyAtPlay.com. So if you haven't subscribed to this one before, please do so. We usually talk about the business of Disney here and usually we make some applications back to your own business. Not so much today, but um, you do want to check out DisneyAtWork.com as we go through this podcast. And uh, and by the way, I hope you've checked out some of the previous podcasts. Our Disney Wish uh, Cruise podcast was the first podcast to come out by by practically an entire week before anybody else's podcast has come out. And, uh, and it has some very, if you love the Disney Cruise Line, if you're curious about what the new Disney Wish is like, then hopefully you have had a chance to take a look and listen to our podcast with David and Leah Zanola as they had the opportunity to experience the Disney Wish. So make sure you check that out as well. Well, okay. Yesterday, not last week, the board of directors came out and talked about Bob Chapek. Yesterday on July 5th, there was another announcement made, very current, um, the day after the holiday weekend, and it summarizes where Bob Chapek is currently sitting with the board of directors. Quote, on June 28th, 2022, which is last week, the board of directors of the Walt Disney Company and Bob and Robert A. Chapek, the company's chief executive officer, agreed to extend the term of Mr. Chapek's employment agreement with the company to three years, beginning from July 1st, 2022. The employment agreement will be amended, this is the new news, to provide that Mr. Chapek will be granted a long-term incentive award, having a target value of not less than 20 million annually. The proportion of his long-term incentive award comprised of performance-based 
restricted stock units will be increased to 60%. These awards do not guarantee Mr. Chapek any minimum amount of compensation. The actual amounts payable to Mr. Chapek in respect to of such opportunities will be determined based on the extent to which any performance conditions and or service conditions applicable to such awards are satisfied and on the value of company stock. And then it kind of goes on to give the fine detail of, um, of that. And then finally says, no agreement has been made to amend any other terms of Mr. Chapek's existing employment agreement, including his base salary. Now, remember, why are they saying this and what's happening here? Remember, the purpose of Disney's board of directors is to protect the investment of shareholders and to make certain the company is on the right track financially in the short term and in the long term. Now, you may say, well, wait a minute, the stock has dropped. Uh, they don't, this is, well, we'll talk about that stock dropping in a few minutes and how Chapek has probably addressed that. But, um, but consider the notion here that they are trying to protect the company's, well, I'm just giving you the hint to where we're going to eventually come up. The company has got to protect the company from bigger challenges than what you might think the company is experiencing right now. More importantly, they've got to make sure that um, they they uh, protect the interests of the shareholders, which frankly is protecting their interests as well. I wanna go through a timetable for contract renewal, starting with June 20th and then leading to the 28th when the announcement of the contract was being extended, and then a couple of days after that. I think it's very interesting to see certain events that kind of unfolded over uh, a period of several days, well, tw 10 days to be specific. On June 20th, pre-sales for Adventures uh, by Disney uh, was announced for a $110,000 trip around the world. Now, this was just, this was a crazy, crazy trip that I got to tell you, for 110000 you got to be one of 75 seats aboard a private Boeing 757, uh, uh, Boeing 757. It's um, scheduled for a trip next June 23rd, or, or, or June, July of 2023, I'm sorry. And it's going to visit every Disney park around the world, as well as visiting a couple of other places such as... Um, Cairo, um, and uh, um, let's see, where is it going? It's going to Cairo, it's going to Hong Kong, it's going to Shanghai, Tokyo, uh, Summit Skywalker Ranch, San Francisco area, uh, to Walt Disney World at the end, to Paris, the Eiffel Tower, all of this. And you can be part of this adventure by Disney if you are willing to spend $110,000 for this uh, for this trip. Now, this was announced, and by the way, in, in, in a, you, I'm, I'm trying to set the stage for why Bob Chapek is where he is, but it, to me, that seems um, indulgent. Uh, 
that's my perspective. Um, and I think to many others who were reporting on it, particularly in the social media realm, they cast the same impression that this was awfully indulgent and that Disney is out of touch with its regular guests and is seeking attention around this, this group of people who are in the 1% of 1% or some, or 10% of 1% that, um, that are willing to spend this kind of money. So this was announced on June 20th. On June 21st, Harmonious Live appeared. Uh, and Dana uh, Menzel hosted that. Um, hopefully you had a chance to see it because of course it was on Disney Plus. That's important. And it was essentially, I thought it was a great show because it really allowed you to see the performers, not that all of them were there, but many of the performers who made that show possible. And it was just really kind of a, a fascinating, I mean, if you if you haven't come to appreciate Harmonious, I think you will after you watch Harmonious Live. But why I mentioned this is this again focuses back on Disney Plus and shows something that Walt Disney was doing back in the 1950s when other studios refused to go into television. There was Walt Disney with his first TV series, Disneyland, which was an excuse for promoting the original park. Now, this is what Disney Plus has the potential for being, an opportunity to promote uh, Walt Disney World uh, and well, and, and Disneyland and all of the theme parks and all of everything around the world. That happened on June 21st. On June 22nd, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It now premieres on Disney Plus. So again, another Disney Plus uh, occurrence takes place. On June 23rd, new Disney DVC villas for Disney's Grand Floridian open up. On June 24th, Disney, along with other major corporations, note that they're covering travel for a cast members needing access to an abortion. Actually, many Fortune uh, 100, 500 companies made this announcement prior to the Supreme Court's announcement. Disney made it uh, right after the Supreme Court's announcement, along with other companies similar um, in size or scope to Disney. On June 25th, and I only mentioned that one to say um, they didn't come out ahead of it, but they did come right at the time of it, uh, which put attention on Disney, but didn't put Disney ahead of the pack by any means. any rate, on June 25th, now this is five days after um, the announcement of the Adventures by Disney thing. Adventures by Disney, this 110,000 around the tr world trip has now sold out. Uh, first it went to, I think, may, it was made available to Adventures by Disney uh, folks who had done at least three trips. And then I think it was made available to all other Adventures by Disney and Golden Oak. And by the time it finished that round, it was sold out. On June 26th, Obi-Wan Kenobi ends the last show of the season with very strong crowds watching. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And then the day after, the board of directors meet at Walt Disney World. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I think may have happened there. But that's 
critical that you see that with Obi-Wan Kenobi ending the night bef the day before, uh, well, it didn't end the day before. It came out the Wednesday, but it went through a Wednesday through Sunday showing. Then on June 27th, the board of directors meet at Walt Disney World. On June 28th, an announcement is made of the contract being extended by the board to Bob Chapek. And then on June 29th, the inaugural ceremony of the Disney Wish. And finally, on June 30th, Shanghai Disney Resort reopens to a very mass crowd. Now, I believe Bob talked about that when he met with the board of directors. I mean, you don't reopen, you don't, you don't announce you're reopening the same day you reopen. You know you're reopening days, if not uh, weeks ahead. And uh, but I can tell you that was very important. That going into that board of directors meeting at Walt Disney World, that they knew that now all of the parks had finally been reopened. Shanghai had been reopened for a time, then it closed back up because of the of COVID, and it is just they have buckled down in China from anything public being offered. And finally it opened up right at, again at this same kind of time period. So you can imagine when the board of directors are meeting at Walt Disney World. Now, again, I wasn't in the room where it happened to quote Hamilton, but while they were there, Bob Chapek probably had a good opportunity to make a case for why he's their man for running this business into the future. I don't know what their itinerary was, but if I were Bob Chapek, I would have focused on some of the following. First off, if they didn't already have a home over at Golden Oak, I probably would have had them staying in the brand new Disney's Grand Floridian DVC rooms. Beautiful, luxurious, if you haven't seen the photos of them, they look stunningly beautiful. And oh, by the way, they're going to pull in a lot of money right now at a time where Disney needs more cash flow coming in uh, because and, and without having to make an entire infrastructure of a new DVC property. So very smart on on Bob Chapek to take a couple of um, a couple of the uh, buildings at Disney's Grand Floridian and turn them over to DVC and create that cash flow, which is going to come out of it. If I were taking the board of directors around that day after I had picked them up from wherever they were staying the night before, I probably would have taken them to Space 220. Space 220 is not open for breakfast. I would have had an exclusive meal for them in that space. By the way, I don't think most of the board of directors have seen most of the things we're going to talk about here. So that would have been pretty cool to have gone in there and had breakfast at Space 220. Don't know if that happened, but that's what I would have done. Then I would have taken them over to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rerun, where guests are entering. Mind you, it's not a ton of guests in front of it, but I would explain that. I would have countered it and said, well, you know, with our virtual queue system, we have shown that guests are really pleased that they don't have to wait in line for hours and hours and hours to go in. Also, we have the extended lightning lane, and that has created additional revenues for us, which was in the uh, annual report shown to have increased by, what was it, 25%. The, was it 25%, 40%, it was 40% the um, 
um, per cap revenues in the Disney parks that we're using Genie Plus. That is a huge amount of money, and I'd be playing that up before I walk them into the queue at Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd, I'd show that the queue is beautiful. It's very cool. Uh, you've got a great pre-show going on, and those who have the stomach to go run the ride, I'd put them on the ride. And I think that would have made a very impressive um, experience for them. Then I would have stepped them through the new additions, connections and creations next door. And then I put a hard hat on and I would have stepped into the middle of all of that construction that's going on at Epcot. And I'd be explaining why I'd be showcasing Moana and talking about how that's going to complete that whole uh, um, Disney, um, I'm sorry, World Nature section of the park. I'd then talk about the World Celebration Park with this new Communicore facility and how it's going to bring additional revenues into the company because of events. It's going to be the event space and it's going to have dedicated space for parties and such of that nature. And so I'd be doing a hard hat to talk about, you know, I'd, I'd, and I would have photos laid out on easels in every part of that construction site. I'd be showing, here's where the Walt Disney statue is going to go. And I'd be making a really good case. And then I'd be taking them over later to go see Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. I wouldn't be taking them on, you know, a two night, but I'd be showcasing what that'd be look, looking like. Maybe take him to a meal or a dinner over it. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser or Tron's Light Cycle Run. I don't know if I'd show that, to be honest. I think that's gone on too long in construction, but it's going to be very exciting. And then, of course, then the next day, you're going to be, or the, you know, on, on Wednesday, you're going to be taking them to the Disney Wish. Now, if anything is a testament and supports Bob Chapek, he has been the one who has been really driving three big new cruise ships, not to mention all that's going on in uh, the Bahamas with that new island experience, which we haven't heard a lot of, but I assume is in the process of um, trying to come off of. So it's no wonder that the chairman of the board, Susan Arnold said, quote, Disney was dealt a tough hand by the pandemic, yet with Bob at the helm, our business from parks to streaming, not only weathered the storm, but emerged in a position of strength. In this important time of growth and transformation, the board is committed to keeping Disney on the successful path that it's on today. And Bob's leadership is key to achieving that goal. Bob is the right leader for the at the right time for the Walt Disney Company, and the board has full confidence in him and his leadership team End of quote. A little bit to unpack there, but let me just mention three concepts there. First of all, you are right. Disney was dealt a very tough hand, probably one of the toughest hands as a corporation because you had to close off entire businesses. Not the businesses dropped, you closed off entire businesses. And that was the moment Bob came to the helm of it. So he had it from, tough from the beginning. I agree with that. Second, I find it very interesting that um, in this important time of growth and transformation, 
Bob's um, is the right leader at the right time. I just find that a very interesting statement. Doesn't mean that three years from now he'll be the right leader at the right time. But right now, in this moment, he's the right leader at the right time. So, and I also do agree with the fact that in this important time of growth and transformation, I do believe that while it may feel like Tron's construction has gone on way too long, I believe that really there are important things that, that Disney is trying to do to build out its future. And prior to this pandemic, Bob had a very um, aggressive plan for Walt Disney World. I think more of that is coming. Now, if you heard my previous podcast, a previous podcast, I think two, three podcasts ago, I said that I think, and I went into detail about this, so check this podcast if you haven't listened to it. But in my view, I think Disney needs to identify a fifth theme park for Walt Disney World. And I have not been in that place ever that it ought to be. But I think that something like that. Now, maybe it might be a new park in a place like India. I doubt Brazil. But I do think that they are looking to do some aggressive things. And I think as Disney comes upon its 100th anniversary at D23, you are going to hear some pretty big announcements come out. And I think in this quote-unquote important time of growth and transformation, Bob Chapek is trying to get the board on not just to say, look at the good things I'm doing, but I have this vision of doing this. And I think that's, again, we have to wait till the 23, but I think that's what's coming out of it. Again, check that podcast if you haven't about um, the fifth theme park at Walt Disney World. Now, there's some counter there's some arguments to be made here. Um, and we need to look at those because I think this is how Bob probably countered those arguments or how I would have countered those arguments based on what's happened. Um, there's this whole box office challenge. Um, Dr. Strange did fairly well in the markets it did. It's become one of the top five of the year, but it was mowed over by, um, by Top Gun, which has done amazing business. Also, Lightyear came out and it did not do well as a film. And so you're kind of going, okay, we put Bob Chapek in, but look at these things and others are kind of running us over and doing better and so forth. Well, I want to address some of this. Again, one of the challenges Disney has had is that it is, is got this dilemma between what goes into the box office and what goes to Disney+. Plus. It's very cool to see big business done in the box office and then be able to um, gather revenue from it still in Disney+. Plus. Remember that the box office, however, you're splitting your percentages with your distributors. That's not, not with Disney+. Plus. You gotta, you gotta keep the, the thing running in the background, but basically Disney+, Plus runs on its own. In fact, according to Variety, Disney's flagship Disney Plus gained 7.9 million paid customers in the first three months 
of 2022 to stand at 137.7 million. 137, keep that notation, up 33% year over year. Analysts on average expect Disney Plus to net 5.2 million new subscribers. Quote, the results stand in contrast to streaming rival Netflix, which reported a loss of 200,000 streaming subscribers for the same period and a forecast of a 2 million drop for quarter two that led investors to fear a sector-wide slowdown after a pandemic-fueled surge over the last two years. Disney Plus's strong gains dispel that notion and suggest that the mouse house is stealing market share from Netflix. Remember that with Disney Plus, the goal is to have some 230 million customers for streaming service um, with Disney Plus by 2024. Now, the LA Times noted that that might be a little difficult because they lost the rights to stream the Indian Premier League cricket matches, which for most of my listeners probably didn't even know that existed. But remember, where they're going to gain these customers is largely internationally. But by and large, they're not only moving forward, they're thriving compared to other streaming services. And we'll show that again in a minute. The Disney History Institute um, in their podcast this last week reminds us in their update that if there are 250 million subscribed and if there are three people on average in a given household for each subscription, then that would suggest in terms of the global population that one in 10 houses will be subscribers globally. And that is a huge number. Note that on Wednesday, June 22nd, Disney also made Marvel's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness available on Disney Plus on its 48th day of theatrical release. That Sam Raimi directed movie brought in a five day viewership on Disney Plus of 2.1 million people. But is all this Disney Plus programming working? Well, Book of Boba Fett didn't do too great. But the counter is that Obi-Wan Kenobi, and remember the last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi came out just before the, the board came to Walt Disney World. That has become the most watched Disney Plus series globally based on the number of hours streamed in the debut weekend. Obi-Wan Kenobi's premiere dropped on the Friday of a four-day Memorial Day weekend in May, and during that time brought in 2.14 million besting the numbers of the Mandalorian season two premiere. The, the numbers are maybe a little confusing to you, but let me just simply say that there's some really good numbers coming out for Disney Plus, both in terms of subscriptions and in terms of people watching these key series that Disney is being is putting, films and series that Disney is putting on Disney Plus. Now, as you move out globally, what you're making per household on the on the monthly is a little diluted because Disney is adding also other offerings um, with its Disney Star programming, which is kind of their version of Hulu and so forth and kind of combined. Although there is also numbers showing that Hulu had gone up great. Long and short is this, is... Yeah, there's some challenges in the box office, but the Disney Plus performance is more than 
winning the day. Now, issue number two, Bob Chapek and the political outcomes of the whole Don't Say Gay movement. Bob was criticized for speaking out too late on many gay issues, particularly the Don't Say Gay bill by Governor DeSantis. Chapek has probably countered that he had a different approach to addressing these issues. In truth, he was kind of forced to address them by his own cast members who really came out publicly and said the company needed to be more forceful on issues like this and speak up. So, with all the social media outcome of that, Bob did. What has that resulted in? Well, Governor DeSantis is now playing games on Disney and pushing back on Reedy Creek. Meanwhile, films with gay content or LGBTQ plus content has been reinserted into a number of um, film properties by vocal artists or cast members at the studios. So Bob has relented, allowing such representation to occur. This has resulted in Doctor Strange and films like Lightyear being cut out of markets in countries like Malaysia, China, or in the Middle East. Lightyear has also been affected by changes during the pandemic, which makes audiences less likely to see a Disney or Pixar animated film in the theater, otherwise waiting until it's on Disney+. And by the way, Bob Chapek's the man behind Disney+, Plus, so he ends up actually saving the day for Lightyear, so to speak, when Lightyear eventually goes to Disney+. Plus. I imagine there will be a lot of people watching Lightyear there. But if they're not, if people have said, I don't like this kind of content, and I'm not asserting my opinion whether or not they should or whether Disney should do this, I'm just simply saying that if the numbers don't go in very well, Bob Chapek is able to say, hey, look, I was going to, I mean, recall that Bob Chapek originally said the company was opting not to make a statement because, quote, corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds. And, quote, they are often weaponized by one side or another to further divide and inflame, adding they can ultimately be counterproductive. Whether you, whether you, the truth of the matter is, is Bob is right about that. That was his original position. Corporate statements haven't done anything to change what DeSantis has done in Florida. And there has been a lot in the previous last number of months where each extreme of each side is weaponizing on the other, putting using Disney as ammunition. And so if things aren't going right because of all this, it's not because of Bob Chapek. It's because Bob Chapek agreed to what everybody else, or not everybody else, but vocal individuals within the studios and within the company felt strongly about. He felt that making a big corporate statement wasn't going to do a whole lot and that ultimately it would lead to a further division of people. And in truth, that's kind of the only thing that has happened. Now, what about Bob in Hollywood? That's issue number three. What about the firing of Peter Rice, chairman of entertainment and programming, um, um, who, by the way, notably spoke out um, about um, the need for LGBTQ um, plus um, legislation in um, Florida 
uh, spoke out about that issue. Um, you know, there was someone in the Hollywood Reporter who basically said, and and again, we, we also saw this with Black Widow, that they just dismissed Bob Chapek as not really understanding Hollywood and quote, it's like this guy, Chapek, doesn't know how things are done in our town. Based, that is a reflection of how he fired Peter Rice. Well, in truth, there is little Hollywood influence on the board of directors. There was a day in Eisner's period where you had some really important Hollywood talent serving on the board. Now, I'm not going to go into whether they should or shouldn't have been, but the fact is, is when you go through the board of directors for Disney now, you don't get a who's who for, um, for Disney. What you get are individuals who have headed up other corporations that are very much like, um, uh, like, uh, you know, they're, they're fortune 100, fortune 500 companies. And so, um, they themselves on the board are not part of the Hollywood elite or that community or that, um, that perspective. The last issue, and it should be an issue, is that Disney stock is declining. If you look at the stock performance, it's not great. Now, mind you, four months before Bob Iger left, it was at over $151 per share. When the pandemic set in, when Bob Chapek was forced, not forced, but invited to take it over and Bob Iger was stepping out, it plummeted to under $86 as the pandemic um, hovered in and parks closed. But with Bob Chapek's big announcement, uh, later on, of everything coming to Disney+, Plus, it then soared to an all-time high of $197. Better than it was before pandemic, and we were still in the middle of the pandemic at that time. Now, it's under $93 as of June 30th, about two days after Chapek's contract was renewed. And yet, Daniel Martin's on stock noticed a few months ago that while Disney stock was not great, it actually was a winner among its competitors. In Yahoo Finance, Disney was just a few days ago showing how it had sunk over 37% compared to the overall S&P, which is hovering around 20%. Mind you, the whole entire country has been moving toward a bear market. But if you look, Spotify, was far worse at 55% compared to 37%. And Netflix was bottoming out big time at 69%. Meanwhile, Disney, again, Disney Plus, seems to be taking market share. It's also taking up a lot of money to try to create all that product. But hey, it's doing better than its competitors. And so if I were JPEG, I'd be making, I'd be making a point to say, hey, we're not doing great, but compared to other entertainment firms, we're doing pretty good. And in fact, we're doing much better than some of them. So, and by the way, in over a week since Bob Chapek's announcement, it's gone up even a little bit more. I think it was $97 last week. So again, 
I want you to know that I, it, I, it's not how I feel about any one of these issues. I just want to say that Bob Chapek does have a point to counter to these major points that have been made about, about these issues um, that have been addressed in media and social uh, media across the board. Now, all of this said, here's the board's biggest concern, or I'd like to think this is the board's biggest concern. Again, I'm not in the room where it happens. But if I were the member of the board of directors for the Walt Disney Company, I'd be, the thing I would be concerned about, in fact, I'd be the most preoccupied by, is the issue of acquisitions and mergers. Disney has been in a fragile place before. Once upon a time, back in 1984, when the board of directors lost confidence in their CEO, most notably was at the time Ron Miller, that resulted in the company fending off hostile investors, seeking to buy up the company, split it into pieces, and resell it. The result of that was Michael Eisner being brought on board to kind of calm the sea. And he took it to a whole nother level. The company was never the, the same after Michael Eisner came on board. But Michael Eisner was also later on the hot seat 20 years later. And at a time when people were frustrated with Eisner, Comcast made a bid to take over the company. This ultimately ended up with Eisner being ousted and Bob Iger being brought in. In both instances, Roy E. Disney was vocal in making sure that the company was not taken over by outsiders. It may sound interesting to have an Apple or an Amazon perhaps take over Disney, but I will tell you it will probably not be in Disney's long-term best interest. It will probably be its worst moment. And as the Walt Disney Company comes on 100 years of being a company, this is not the time to go moving out your board of director. If you can see that the board, or your, your, chair, or your CEO, it's not the time to be moving out your CEO when, um, when he can prove that there are some really good things happening, when he can set a vision of what might be, and when he is, when he can counter many of the things that are being thrown at him with a something defensible. Now, finally, I should note the, the following. Bob Chapek wasn't offered additional compensation. He was offered a bonus based on performance. So I think that's important to note. His tenure was extended another three years. Jim Hill the other day noted that Michael Eisner's first extension, I think, was four years, and Bob Iger's first extension was five years. Three years is short of that. That's There's a statement in there somewhere. Third, he hasn't been offered the privilege of being chairman of the board, nor should he be. That should always be something that's independent. Um, but that has happened with others, and that's created problems in the past. So I think you have to kind of balance out those issues with where he's coming. In the mind of the board of directors, he's the right man at the right time. 
Is two months from now, three years from now, 10 years from now the right time? Hmm, we'll have to see. But right now, he's the right man for the right time in the eyes of the board of directors. Bob Chapek's arrival has frustrated and made some ill, but it's like Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. You have a lot of people who are ill when they go on the ride for the first time, but then it shakes out and it's everybody's favorite. That may be the analogy we're having to deal with here. Maybe most of the people who frustrated with Bob Chapek will move on and then everybody else will embrace and love Bob Chapek and it'll all go on happily ever after. And we'll say Bob Chapek did a really great job with Disney. Maybe, in time, maybe that's what'll happen. But Bob Chapek has laid out a case to the board of directors that he's their best hope moving forward and that they should re-extend his contract and that's what they have done. Well, thank you for joining for this uh, long conversation. Again, not trying to take sides on any of the issues, very heated, difficult issues. What I am trying to say is you can look at both sides of this thing and see some sense in what is going on. That is the message and what is probably if there's one takeaway from anyone is to look at both sides of an issue before you make a decision. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Work podcast. Appreciate your patronage. Make sure you check out uh, the Disney uh, Patreon group that we have. It's called the Wayfinder Society. It offers some really cool uh, interactive tools and activities and things to to really build out your understanding of Disney. If you love best in business practices at Disney, and there are some really good ones, not sure this is one of them, but <laughs> there are some really good ones. Are the, the upper levels of our Wayfinder Society group is definitely where you should be headed because there's some really great stuff out there. In the meanwhile, thank you for being part. Appreciate it. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.